Is Obamacare unconstitutional? A federal judge in Texas last week said the answer is yes. Abolishing Obamacare, of course, is something Donald Trump promised to do, something Republicans in the House tried to do dozens of times since the law was passed in 2010. This judge's ruling would eliminate health benefits for more than 20 million people if it was upheld by the Supreme Court. For comment, we turn to Erwin Chemerinsky. He's dean of the law school at Berkeley and author of many books, including a new one, We the People, a progressive reading of the Constitution for the 21st Century. He publishes widely, including in the op-ed pages of the New York Times and the L.A. Times. Erwin, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Trump, of course, is delighted with this ruling in Texas. He tweeted, quote, Wow, but not surprisingly, Obamacare was just ruled unconstitutional, in all caps, by a highly respected judge in Texas. Great news for America, exclamation point, uh, Donald Trump tweet. This judge, his name is Reed O'Connor, focused on the part of the Affordable Care Act that Republicans have been criticizing since the beginning. That's the individual mandate, which requires that everybody has to buy health insurance, and if they don't, they pay a penalty. The Republican-controlled Congress last year abolished the penalty but left the rest of the law intact. This case is called Texas versus the United States, quite a potent name. What is the argument that, that Texas made and that the judge agreed with? There's a principle that if a part of a statute is declared unconstitutional, a court has to decide whether to invalidate the entire law. The question is, would Congress have passed that law without the provision that was declared unconstitutional? Here the judge says, Congress repealed a part of the law. Therefore, the whole law is unconstitutional. The fallacy, of course, is the judge is using a legal doctrine that doesn't apply. It's not that a part of the law was declared unconstitutional, and the issue is, is the whole law unconstitutional? It's just that Congress repealed a small part of the law. There are many parts of the Affordable Care Act that have nothing to do with the individual mandate. The best known, of course, is the requirement that no one can be denied insurance because of a pre-existing condition. The Affordable Care Act also says insurance companies can't charge higher premiums for people who have chronic conditions like asthma or diabetes or epilepsy. And another of the key provisions of the act prevents insurance companies from putting a cap on yearly benefits or lifetime benefits. But what is the connection that this judge sees between these, these different parts? Well, there isn't. I mean, the Congress did not repeal the individual mandate. Congress just eliminated the tax penalty. The law still requires individuals to have health insurance unless they set an exception. So there's just no consequences to doing that. The key is that Congress could have repealed the entire Affordable Care Act. It tried. It didn't have the votes in the Senate. When Congress repealed the tax penalty of the individual mandate, they could have repealed the entire statute. They didn't. Well, the question is always, if a part of a law is unconstitutional, would Congress have wanted the rest of the law to survive? We have the answer to that question here. Congress wanted the rest of the law to survive, which means that the judge's ruling has absolutely no legal basis. We have the answer. A very 
very convincing statement. And let me just make it clear how huge it would be if this ruling were upheld and all of Obamacare was declared unconstitutional. The Kaiser Family Foundation, a nonprofit research organization, estimates that there are 52 million adults, 27% of the population, who would be rejected for coverage under the practices that were in effect in most states before the Affordable Care Act. But let's make it clear at the outset that at this point, Obamacare and all of its protections remain in effect despite last week's ruling. Why is that? The judge has not issued an injunction that stops Obamacare from continuing to be implemented. If and when the judge issues such an injunction, I'm absolutely convinced that the states defending the Affordable Care Act will go to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, and it will issue a stay against the judge's ruling taking effect. The judge's ruling has so little legal basis, I can't imagine that a higher court would allow it to be a basis for enjoining the entire Affordable Care Act. Now, the Supreme Court has already ruled on a challenge to the individual mandate and the tax penalty. It found the individual mandate is constitutional. Tell us about that decision. In 2012, in National Federation of Business versus Sibelius, the Supreme Court 5-4 to four upheld the Affordable Care Act. The key question was whether the individual mandate is constitutional, and Chief Justice Roberts wrote for the court saying, it is constitutional as an excess of Congress's power to impose taxes. Now, of course, what Judge O'Connor is saying here is that if the individual mandate was based on the taxing power and the tax aspects repealed, therefore the whole law is unconstitutional. The problem is the conclusion doesn't follow from the premise. The conclusion has to be about what did Congress intend with regard to the Affordable Care Act when it repealed the tax penalty. We know what Congress's intent is. It didn't want to repeal the whole Affordable Care Act. It didn't do so. So then why wasn't this judge in Texas required to follow the 2012 decision of the Supreme Court on this question? What the judge said was, in 2012, the tax penalty existed to enforce the individual mandate. What changed in 2017 was Congress repealed the tax penalty. He then wants to argue that Congress's repeal of the tax penalty means the whole statute's unconstitutional. As you pointed out, the Affordable Care Act is over 2,000 pages long. There's no reason to believe that Congress, by repealing this one provision, meant to repeal the entire statute. Congress could have. Congress didn't do that. Let's talk a little bit more about what happens now. The states have standing to appeal this ruling in Texas. Does that leave them defending Obamacare? Because certainly the the Trump Justice Department is not supporting Obamacare. They're supporting Texas and seeking the repeal of the uh, the entire law. That's exactly right. This is a relatively unusual instance, it's not unheard of, of the United States government refusing to defend a federal statute. The Trump Justice Department announced that it would no longer defend the constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act. And as you said at the beginning of this segment, Donald Trump has clearly expressed his views, including his views of constitutional law. So the defense of the Affordable Care Act is coming from states that have intervened And this includes California as one of the intervener states defending Obamacare. 
And you said that when the Supreme Court ruled on the constitutionality of the individual mandate, it ruled five to four in favor of the constitutionality of the of the entire Affordable Care Act. Who were the five judges, uh, and will they rule the same way if this gets to them? The five in the majority were Roberts, Ginsburg, Breyer, Senator, and Kagan. They all remain on the court. The four dissenting justices were Scalia, Kennedy, Thomas, and Alito. Of course, Scalia and Kennedy are no longer on the court, replaced by Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I actually think if this issue, as decided by the federal court in Texas, comes to the Supreme Court, it'll be nine to nothing to wow. reject this argument. Wow. Because this argument is based on the premise that if a part of a law is unconstitutional, you have to decide if Congress would have adopted the rest of the law. No part of the law has been declared unconstitutional, so this legal doctrine doesn't apply at all. And even if it did, we know what Congress intended, because Congress could have, but chose not to repeal the Affordable Care Act. And what is the schedule on this? When, when would it be likely to come before the Supreme Court? When would it be argued? When would it be decided? Certainly not this term. It, a lot depends on what does Judge O'Connor do? Does he issue an injunction? Then it would go to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. Initially, they have to decide whether to stay the injunction to allow Obamacare to remain in effect. I think it would certainly do that. It would then take many months to have this briefed and argued, and then it would be on the way to the Supreme Court. My guess is next year at the earliest would be for the Supreme Court to hear this. It could even be two years away. So the Democrats regard this as a tremendous gift because protection of people with pre-existing conditions and coverage of chronic conditions and the ban on lifetime caps, these are all tremendously popular in the United States. And the Democrats can mount a big fight before the Supreme Court rules and run on this in 2020. But in the meantime, what does Texas versus United States say about judicial activism on the right and and about the place of the courts in our political system? Well, this is the epitome of judicial activism on the right. It's a very conservative judge, and he strikes down an entire federal statute. I do want to emphasize what you've been talking about in terms of all of the things that are part of Obamacare. When Republicans railed against Obamacare, most people didn't realize all of the ways in which it provided protection the 50-some million people who got health care as a result. I tell the story often, I had cancer in 1982, and in 1983 I took a job at the University of Southern California Law School. None of their private insurance companies would give me insurance because I had a pre-existing condition. The Obamacare, meaning that people like that will still be able to get health insurance, is enormously important. Obamacare says people with chronic conditions like diabetes or epilepsy or asthma can't be charged more for health care. Obamacare says there can no longer be yearly or lifetime caps on benefits. According to David Himmelstein, a bankruptcy professor, 54% of consumer bankruptcies in the United States before the Obamacare was adopted was because of health care costs. These are all of the things that the Affordable Care Act does. I don't think the Obama administration did a very good job of explaining this to the American people. But as more and more people have become aware of it, there's much more support and bipartisan support for the Affordable Care Act. Erwin Chemerinsky, dean of the law school at UC Berkeley. Erwin, thanks so much. Great to have you on the show. Always my great pleasure. Yeah. 
You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.